0: welcome to the life fellowship ministries international broadcast our mission is to develop maintain and model personal intimacy with jesus christ and now join us for the life fellowship experience we're continuing this is part two of the message really that i started last week we're in the series gifts from the holy spirit and if you have missed any of these teachings, there's podcasts, there's video on YouTube and social media, and I encourage you to go back and, and watch some of these teachings. So we're ta- last week we started talking about speaking in tongues, so this is part two. And last week I shared some of the background of the early church and what Paul was dealing with. They were, he was dealing with the churches that had just begun, and so you had Jews that had converted to Christianity that had accepted Christ into their lives and so they were they were saying that the Gentiles the non-Jews had to be circumcised and they were trying to say they have to live by the Jewish law and Paul was saying No, they don't have to do that. And they if you remember uh, Paul went to the Jewish council in Jerusalem and he said, okay, what must these new believers do do they have to get circumcised he said no they they came to the the place where they said that the gentiles do not have to be circumcised they need to abstain from sexual immorality they need to uh, not eat uh, meat that was sacrificed to idols they shouldn't eat meat or that was uh, from animals that were strangled and they should refrain from drinking blood so those were the four things and and so paul was dealing with a lot of issues in the early church and it's interesting that we're still dealing with some of those 2,000 years later in the church. But the Holy Spirit is leading us and is vital to our life, to our marriage, to our family, to our children, to receiving the gifts that he has for us. Uh, you know, I've I've heard that some people have been taught that speaking in tongues is of the devil. Well, there are evil spirits. There are demonic, uh, demons and demonic influence that can... Influence and even operate through people. I don't believe that someone that is saved can be possessed, but they can be oppressed. And as as believers open gates up, as they open doors up through uh, sexual addictions or addictive behaviors, alcohol and drugs, we can open up gates for the enemy to come in. And we know Jesus said in John 10, 10, what the thief has come to what still kill and destroy, but I've come that you would have abundant life. So sometimes when we see people that say they're Christian, maybe they have opened up doors that they weren't supposed to open up. And you see the influence of those things in their lives as they, they are caught up in all kinds of addictive behaviors or whatever. So the Lord is not going to give us something to harm us, but who would, who would want us to reject the things of god i'm getting ahead of myself here who do you think would desire to cause confusion and rejection of the wonderful gifts from the holy spirit the destroyer of your soul or the lord who do you think would want the church or christians to say you know what i don't want to receive the gifts from the lord or be confused about those things the gifts from the holy spirit are wonderful and therefore, us To utilize and to use that we can be empowered to walk in the power and the authority and the dominion that God has called us to not walking in our own strength but walking by the power of the Holy Spirit so my first point this morning is Holy Spirit determines the spiritual gifts given to us I think that's really important as we go through this series that we realize the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us these gifts in James four two and three, I'm, I'm not going to put it up on the screen, but he says, since we, uh, it says that we don't have what we desire because we don't ask God for it. Some virgins say you have not because you ask not. And so, we, it's okay to ask for the gifts from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, uh, maybe we don't have those things because we ask for the wrong motives. Are we asked to satisfy our own selfish desires? In Matthew chapter seven, I think it is Jesus said, "If if a a child asks a parent for a loaf of bread, would they give him a stone or a rock? If 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 your child asks for a fish, would you give him a snake?" And so we have a good, good father that gives us good gifts. So don't buy the lies of the enemy. That would try to to discourage us from the wonderful gifts from the Holy Spirit. Is it okay to pray for a home, a job, a new car, a spouse? Pray for your child, a new drum set. (laughs) It's okay to pray for those things. But what's our heart? What's our motive? Desire prayer language. I know many of us here have a prayer language. Some of, of you have been praying. Continue to ask Dad for a prayer language. And we'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks. But listen, don't be ashamed or don't feel like, well, I can't ask for a gift from the Lord. Man, I say, Lord, give me every gift you want to give me, however you want to do that, because they're good for us. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 where we kind of began this whole series of talk is teaching in chapter 12 13 and 14 now dear brothers and sisters regarding your question about the special abilities the spirit gives us i don't want you to misunderstand so paul was saying look i want you to understand these things and today i think it's important that we understand what the word of god says and what the gifts are how to use those gifts how they're applicable who gives the gifts the Holy Spirit gives the gifts. Let's continue to go through verse uh, chapter 14, where we ended last week. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 12. Uh, and, and we went through 1 through 4 last week. Let love be your highest goal, exclamation point. Let love be the highest goal. And then Paul goes on to write, but you should also desire the special abilities who the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Verse 2, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. Gifts from the Holy Spirit equip us to, to live the abundant life that, that Jesus came to give and give us the ability to use the supernatural gifts, whether that be speaking in tongues, whether that be in uh, interpretation of tongues whether it be prophecy whether it be praying for people and they get healed whether it be words of knowledge where we have an understanding in what's going on in someone's life where we have insight we have the holy spirit to guide us and lead us into what all truth and so you know there have been times maybe you're about to do something or go somewhere or or whatever and, and holy spirit will say are you sure you want to do that that's not really how the Holy Spirit talks to me. He says, no, <laughs> stop. <laughs> That's what I need to hear. But sometimes we're prompted. Pick up the phone and call someone or encourage someone. So these gifts are from the Holy Spirit, and they empower us and give us the ability to use these wonderful gifts. Verse, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 14.2 continues, You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit but will but it will all be mysterious our spirit man is speaking directly to the Lord I'll talk more about this as in the coming weeks as we look at a, a prayer language so hold on you know try not to get too far ahead of us here because really we're talking about speaking in tongues last week and this week because I think there's such confusion about that gift and the application of that gift But verse 3 says, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. So the gifts are are for us that we can strengthen one another, that we can be strengthened, that we can encourage one another, and that we can comfort one another. Verse 4 continues, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Now, this is where we stopped last week, so we're going to continue on in verse 5. I wish you could all speak in tongues, Paul says, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you're saying so that the whole church can be strengthened. So let me summarize this in in verse 4. Speaking in tongues strengthens us personally. Is it okay if we're built up and strengthened personally? Of course it is. A word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. And verse 5 says, prophecy is greater than tongues. Speaking in tongues is okay, but must be interpreted to strengthen the church. And so if someone is speaking in tongues, it must be interpreted. Unless they understand that language, how is that going to help them? Well, what is Paul saying? He says, prophecy is better. So it's okay, again, to build ourselves up. I pray in the Spirit a lot, and I know many of you do too. But are we also building up others? And in a church setting, uh, maybe we ought to be considering building one another up. And so again, I'm going to teach on a prayer language in a couple of weeks. And that's really, really important for us to have that. So we'll talk more about that. But, but we're talking about speaking in tongues today. If we hear someone speaking in tongues, they will be talking or they may be praying in the power of the Spirit Either way, they are personally being built up, and it's okay to be built up. But speaking in tongues doesn't strengthen the church as a whole. 1 Corinthians 6, 14, 6, Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? If I stood up here and read scriptures in Latin, but you didn't understand Latin, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. I was thinking about uh, the last five years that the Lord has given us a corporate word. He's spoken to, to us about other things as well. But think about these five corporate words. In 2019, the Lord told me we're in a reset. Now, if I, I would have spoken that in tongues and there wasn't an interpretation how would you know what that meant but the lord gave a prophetic word to me for us and we know that we were in a that we were at the beginning of a reset little did we know that reset was going to be a global reset with covid then in 2020 uh, a couple of weeks before the the george floyd uh, death the world as we know it will soon come to an end see the this is the power of the prophetic word is that it tells us of things to come or gives us warning or or speaks to our lives something that is applicable to us in 21 the, the word of the lord to us was prepare the lord has been speaking to us prepare we see how things have continued to deteriorate over the past few years in 22 at the end of the fast are you prepared for my return i'm returning soon A prophetic word that God is speaking to his people, those that are listening, those that are are hearing. God is not speaking prophetic words just for no reason at all. And then this year at the end of the fast, learn to release those who stubbornly refuse to yield to me, intentionally pour into those who are genuinely seeking me. Time is short. So the Lord is speaking through his word, through his prophets. Through his pastors and and leaders and teachers, are we listening? 1 Corinthians 14, 7, Even lifeless instruments like the flute or harp must play the notes clearly or no one will recognize the melody. If I had a keyboard up here, I'd just play some notes, some random notes. And you wouldn't be able to sing because you wouldn't know what, what I was playing. I remember, um, well, since we left the the two buildings we were in, we office out of the the home now. And one day, I was at the coffee bar getting a cup of coffee. And Pastor Christine and Chantel were in her office working on something. Um, And there's a song that was popular back in the 70s or 80s. It was called Loving You by Minnie Riperton. Did any of you ever hear that song? And... (laughs) Well, she has what they call in singing, I think it's called a whistle voice. She has like a five octave range or something. So she, uh, you you may have heard like Mariah Carey or I think Ariana Grande can sing in this whistle voice. And it's like stratospheric. And so I was thinking of that song and I was making my coffee and I was trying to hit that note, which was impossible. And Chantel asked Pastor Christine, do you all have a dog now? and so that's probably what it sounded like but my point is if you don't understand the melody or if you're trying to figure out what Minnie Ripperton song i'm singing it's probably not going to work because i can't hit those notes so verse 8 continues and if the bugler doesn't sound a clear call how will the soldiers know they're being called to battle it's the same for you if you speak to people in words they don't understand how will they know what you're saying You might as well be speaking into empty space. Now, think about what Paul said earlier. He said, I wish you all spoke in tongues. So he's not saying, don't do it, but I think there's a correct application for it. Um, Why would someone speak in tongues in front of others? Our spirit man is communing with the Lord. Um, And, well... Okay, so that's one point I want to make is why would we speak in tongues in front of others? But also, let me bunny trail here. Do we talk to unbelievers in a manner that they understand? Do we use Christianese words? Oh, when you come to Jesus, now you're sanctified. What does that mean? A non-believer may not know what these terms that we use so frequently in the church really mean. Sanctified means to be set apart for God's service to be consecrated to God to be declared holy so when we're talking to unbelievers are we using words that they can understand and that they can grasp now back to uh, speaking in tongues and a prayer language there are times when we pray corporately in the Spirit because there's an intentional purpose that we're praying to God and we're praying together in the Spirit sometimes when we meet on the property some of us will be praying in our prayer language or praying in the Spirit. And so, again, I'll teach on this in a couple of weeks, but, uh, you, you know, there's, there's a lot of confusion about speaking in tongues, about a prayer language and some of these things, about interpretation of tongues. And that's what I want us to get and to grasp and to understand, to have a solid footing on which to, uh, to, to be able to help other people so that we understand and that we can help others understand. When you read the Word, if you go back and just read chapter 12, 13, and 14, it's really pretty clear. And so I don't know why there's so much confusion in the church today, but who would want to cause confusion? The enemy is the author of confusion. The enemy would want us to not receive the gifts, the wonderful gifts that God has for us that will help us, that will encourage and build up the body of Christ. So let's read on in verse 10. There are many different languages in the world and every language has a meaning. But if I don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it and the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. So my first point is the Holy Spirit determines the spiritual gifts that he gives us. And my second point this morning, seek the spiritual gifts that benefit the whole church. Verse 12 in in chapter 14, And the same is true for you, since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. Paul is making it very clear here. Are we understanding? It's okay to build yourself up, but let's build up others too. How do we build up others? We encourage one another. I love the love that's in this house. When we come here, people are are uh, encouraging each other and serving. Many of you, most of you, are serving every Sunday morning. You're serving others, praying for one another. Oh, this is nice to find in a church being kind to one another. <laughs> We're supposed to be kind. But I love that in this house, truly loving one another, truly loving one another, honoring one another, being generous. This is probably the most generous church I've ever been in, not, not just talking about money, but, but talking about serving and giving of your time, your talents, your treasures. Many of you are here every Sunday back here serving. The Tech Arts team is back here and serving, and and the Setup team setting everything up for us so that we can come together and worship and enjoy the presence of the Lord and fellowship together. Hebrews 10, 24 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. We should probably do that a little more often. I'm thinking, how can I motivate one of my brothers or sisters to acts of love and good works? How can I be motivated? Because that's part of the value of, of a local family, a church family, coming together. And you know that you can't outgive the Lord. And you know what it's like when God prompts you to do something, Holy Spirit prompts you, and you go and do it. I'll give that person $50 or $100. And, and you know how that feels. When we send $1,000 to Mal's to bring the gospel to people that live in Israel, when we take up a special offering for the troops that are going up north where it's colder, I think one day we will maybe be in awe of what God has done with what we have done. Uh, provided financially because i love this that god takes money and converts it into saved souls and we get to be a part of that now we, we won't be doing that when we get to heaven but as pastor kobe has shared with me and i think with us when when he was here uh some time back uh we are one of the largest supporters of their ministry and there are churches that have million dollar budgets that don't do what what we are doing and so we thank god for placing that on our heart but then we thank god that we have the resources to to provide something and then we thank the lord that we are obedient and following through because i'm telling you we are making a huge difference globally in the ministries that we're supporting listen that is no small feat it's important to those people that are getting saved it's important to those people that are growing in their relationship with the lord because those are things that have eternal value so let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works let's go back to first corinthians 14 13 so anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said Let's go back to 14.2, to for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be uh, talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. So if someone is speaking in tongues, it needs to be interpreted or no one will understand. Verse 2, continue. let me read all of verse 2 again. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. It continues, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysterious So my first point is Holy Spirit determines the spiritual gifts given to us. My second point is seek the spiritual gifts that benefit the whole church. And my third point is the Lord does things that we don't understand. You know, it's it's amazing that we will try to put God in a box and say, God won't do this, God can't do this. He created the sun, the moon, the stars, the galaxies. He created all this. And we're going to say, well, God can't do that. Isaiah 55, 8 says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. This is God speaking to Isaiah. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. Says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine sometimes I think we forget that clearly Paul is stating that speaking in tongues would be speaking to God however Holy Spirit is able to give the supernatural ability to understand a language not naturally understood uh, I believe God can supernaturally give the ability to speak in an unknown language or a heavenly language and the Lord can also give the ability to speak in an earthly language that is unknown to the individual speaking. And the Lord can give a person the ability to hear and understand an unknown language, and it be and, and be able to interpret it. Um, when we were in India, they would speak in their language, and there were times when I'd be like, Lord would you give me the ability to understand what they're saying and I had some impressions I never checked it out I never said oh did you say this but but the Holy Spirit can give us that kind of ability to hear something and give us revelation or understanding in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell on all those who were present let's go to Acts chapter 1 verse 4 and 5 Uh, I want to start in in verse 1. And uh, you'll see italicized words. The emphasis is mine. Once when he, Jesus, was eating with them, the disciples, he, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So John's baptism of water was for the repentance of sin and forgiveness. And then Jesus indicates there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit coming to them. That's what he just said, right? So let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Okay, what did Jesus tell them? He said, go to Jerusalem and stay there until the Lord brings the gift that he has for you. So they followed instructions, and they stayed in Jerusalem until the Lord poured out the Holy Spirit I was talking with uh, my friend Elliot one day and we were talking about the church and and he was saying you know there's all these uh, uh, conferences and all these meetings and all these things about leadership in the church maybe we should have some conferences to talk about following <laughs> maybe we should learn how to follow the Lord you know, that's important. So, uh, they, they followed the instructions of Jesus and they stayed in Jerusalem. Acts 2.2, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Something supernatural going on here. Then they looked, then they looked, uh, then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Again, we see something spiritual going on here, supernatural. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Okay, so what did that look like? Well, I don't know because I wasn't there. But were some individuals speaking in several different languages? In other words, was someone speaking in French and German and Spanish? well, I don't know if they had those languages back then, but were they speaking in several different languages? Or was each individual able to speak in one language? Maybe this person spoke in Latin and this one spoke in German or French. Were they able to speak multiple languages? Did one person speak in one language and then another language and then maybe another language? Were some of the people there were they able to understand the language being spoken was something happening as they were speaking as these people were speaking out and then maybe somehow the lord was giving the listener the ability to understand a language that they couldn't understand i don't know we don't i don't think it's really clear so here's a question does it really matter there was something supernatural going on where god was pouring out his holy spirit and he was speaking in tongues you know we may think we know what that was like but i'm not really sure anybody really does know what that was like and the holy spirit gives the abilities that he desires i mean i can think of of uh sunday morning services where pastor christina and i go to a service and nobody's speaking in tongues and i'm like what did you get from the sermon today and she'll tell me something i'm like what i didn't even hear that well this is what i heard and we heard the same message but the holy spirit has a way of highlighting in our life what we need to hear what we need to know And so, let's read on in verse 5. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. Verse 6, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. So, how was this happening? I don't know. But there were people coming from all different areas, and they were hearing their own languages. So here we have Jews that have come from these different areas, and they're hearing the Jews from Galilee speak in different languages. It, it, verse 7 says, They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. These men would not have been men of great education, most likely, or have the natural ability to speak in other languages. And what does it say here in 7? They were completely amazed. Why would they have been amazed if it was just a natural thing? Verse 8, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. There were, probably 100, there were approximately 120 men in this meeting. So was the miracle only in their speech? These others were hearing in their native language? Was it that they were speaking in a heavenly language and the ones listening were hearing in their own native language? I I don't know. I mean, I I don't have the answer to that. But I I don't think anyone really knows for sure. But again, does does it really matter? But yet... We get hung up on stuff like this. Oh, well, you know, uh, I saw because of our post on Facebook, somebody said uh, they were not speaking in unknown languages. Well, have you read the Scripture? Um, somebody else posted uh, that this was unbib- uh, That teaching on this is unbiblical. Have, have you read the Bible? You know? And the point is, God spoke to them, giving them supernatural power. But why would He do that? Let's read on. or Let's go back to Acts 2.4. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And then verses 9-12 through is their discussion. We are from other regions, and they're speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. What were they speaking about? the wonderful things that god has done god has reconciled us back to god through the sacrifice of christ we are free from bondage of sin it's about a relationship not about keeping all the rules and regulations they were sharing about the wonderful things god has done i don't know all the things that we're sharing but do you think it's possible that whatever was being said was prompted by the Holy Spirit and it was piercing the hearts and the minds of the people that were there listening because what they were hearing about was about the wonderful things of God. It was about them coming into a relationship with the Lord because that's what the gifts are for. That we draw closer to Him and that others draw closer to Him. How he does it and and how all this works, is that really important? Remember the story I shared with you recently where I went to Walmart and I pulled up and there was a car that pulled up in front of me and a lady got out of the the car and real gently and gingerly and she was, you know, like maybe she just had surgery or something and, and so they walked into Walmart and as I walked past them in the pharmacy section, the Holy Spirit said, Go pray for them. And I was struggling with that. I got to the end of the aisle, and I, did, I was arguing with the Lord. Why do, why do I need to go pray for them? What if they don't... Re-? And so I, I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to go back and, and pray for them. And then I go there, and I say, may I pray for you? And they say, no, it's okay. <laughs> and I go back down the aisle, and I'm like, okay, what was that about, Lord? You told me to do it. I went and did it, and then they didn't even want prayer. And he said... The results are not up to you. Obedience is what you're called to do. And he said, how do you know that I didn't plant a seed by you asking them if they wanted prayer? How do you know that they didn't get in their car and say, you know, maybe we should pray? How do you know that they didn't get in their car and say, hey, maybe we need to go back to church? How do you know that they didn't say, hey, I once had a relationship with Jesus and I walked away? The response and and the results are not up to us. It's only up to us to obey what He's asked us to do. So maybe we need to quit trying to figure everything out and just obey and just do what the Lord asks us to do. (laughs) So John 16, 14, again, the emphasis is mine. He, Holy Spirit, will bring me Jesus' glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. So there were mixed feelings about this event on Pentecost as there are today. Some were saying, oh, this is awesome. This is miraculous. But let's look at Acts 13 through 21, 2, 13 through 21. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, oh, they're just drunk, that's all. How many of you have ever heard someone drunk slur their speech? How many of you have ever been drunk and slurred your speech? (laughs) Uh, Have you ever heard someone drunk begin to speak in a language that they didn't know? Acts 2.14, then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Know what you're seeing was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And so if you go back and, and look in Joel to 28 to 32 it was written 800 years before and uh, so he's quoting here in the last day in, in verse 17 in the last days God says I will pour out my spirit upon all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams I think we could be seeing that come to pass I think we could be living in the in the end days, but Peter is telling them that this is a fulfillment of prophecy from 800 years before. Remember, we talked. I talked a little bit about the the prophetic word going forth. It's there for us, and so here they could look back and say, "Oh, look, look what Joel wrote 800 years before, and now we're seeing the evidence. We're seeing the fruitfulness. We're seeing the truth of God. We're seeing this." prophetic word come to pass in our midst listen church family I think we're seeing the prophetic word come to pass in our lives today when we look about the end times and see what's going on in those days I will pour out my spirit on my servants men and women alike and they will prophesy verse 19 and I will cause wonders in the heavens Above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. Have you ever seen the moon blood red? Joel was seeing into the future and describes what will be seen before the Lord returns. But look at this promise in Acts 2, 21, but everyone, say everyone, Everyone. who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God desires everyone to be saved. That's God's plan and desire for us and for a lost and dying world around us. Back to uh, chapter 14, verse 1, let love be your highest goal. Well, there's an exclamation point there. Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Point one, the Holy Spirit determines the spiritual gifts given to us. He determines what gifts we get. We don't determine that. Now, we can pray and we can ask, right? And we should. Seek the spiritual gifts that benefit the whole church. And my third point is the Lord can do things we don't understand. And we need to be okay with that. We have a reference of the word. We know that God is not going to go against his word. We have the presence and the power and the leading and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have the gifts that he gives us. The greatest gift is Jesus. And maybe the second greatest gift is Holy Spirit. that That are more valuable than the gifts themselves. But he gives us the gifts.